Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job or a new full-time role, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, live and direct from the city of Angels. NFL season is here. Pats, Chiefs, tonight's tonight, Foxborough, Gillette Stadium. We'll cover it. We'll talk about it. We'll get to it. Deion Branch is going to join us. Plus, college football, meaningless game tonight, better game tomorrow, an incredible weekend of games in front of us, Clemson, Auburn, Georgia, Notre Dame, USC, Stanford, Ohio State taking on Oklahoma. We got great, great games this weekend. Plus, the NFL uh, first weekend is just littered with games. I'll give you some of my picks in terms of the upcoming season, some of the underrated teams and overrated teams in the upcoming NFL season. We got a lot to get to, but 
what was the story of the night is still the story of the day. It's Michael Bennett, who had a press conference for the Seattle Seahawks and claimed that he was racially profiled. And uh, that story became Twitter fodder. In fact, the commissioner of the National Football League, Roger Goodell, actually released a statement to which he supported Michael Bennett. The Seattle Seahawks supported Michael Bennett. You know who doesn't support Michael Bennett's claims? That would be the Las Vegas Police Department. Yesterday, Kevin um, McMahill, who is the undersheriff of the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, said, quote, I can I can tell you as I stand here today, there is no evidence of that, that being racially profiling. I see no evidence that race played any role in this incident. Remember, in his statement, uh, Michael Bennett not only said that he was racially profiled, he said it took an eternity due to the brutal way in which officers treated him. McMahill said that the defensive end was in custody approximately 10 minutes, then released. In the 10 minutes in which he was detained, he was the reason he was detained was explained to him by a supervisor who was on duty. And look, here's the thing, and this relates to Ezekiel Elliott, and it also relates to the uh, protest, which I think you're going to see in the National Football League, and I want to get to it. A couple things. I tell people all the time, there are no more secrets, only facts yet to be revealed. One of the facts that has been revealed that has a lot of people bothered is the fact that the officer who was arresting him did not turn on his body camera. Now, in the in the middle of nowhere, in rural Mississippi or in Oklahoma or in even California, in Eureka, California, where there aren't cameras anywhere, that might have been a problem. In Las Vegas, Nevada, when an incident occurs starting in a casino and then goes out onto Las Vegas Boulevard, Flamingo Boulevard, and the, and the Strip, this is not an issue. It's just not. There are cameras everywhere in Vegas. Everybody knows that. But one of the problems with cameras is, depending on what you see or where you might see, what you're not getting the full context. And the Las Vegas Police Department and the Las Vegas Police Union, they are going to the mattresses against Michael Bennett. Going to the mattresses. Uh, look, it's really kind of remarkable, remarkable what's happened. The Las Vegas Police Union, obviously not a fan of the protests for the na- uh, for the national anthem. Uh, their their quote that everyone's going to be reacting to. While while the NFL may condone Bennett's disrespect for our national for our American flag and everything it symbolizes, we hope. Uh, the league will not ignore Bennett's false accusations against our police officers. Look, here's what they're saying happened. And Michael Bennett is not actually disputing that. He is disputing the fact that they arrested him or didn't even arrest him. They, they handcuffed him only because he's black. And they're like, look, we got footage. We thought there was an active shooter inside a casino. This is a big, big thing. Our police officers go into a casino. We see a guy crouched behind a gaming machine, and then when co- when they believe when they when he saw them, he w- he ran for it. Which, by the way, I- I'm just going to tell you, I don't know how I would react in a casino if there was a shooting. Do you know how you'd react? I don't. I don't know how I'd react if there was an active shooter. 
Right? I don't know what I would hide behind. I don't know where I would hide. I don't know if I would run. If I would run, I think if I would run, I would zigzag. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you zigzag? And then, right, you could weave back, kind of weave back and forth, thinking if the guy shoots, that he'll miss. I don't know. So I actually think that even though, even though police officers came in and were trying to identify a potential shooter at the scene of a potential crime, and they walk in completely blind, I don't think Michael Bennett's reaction is unreasonable. You hide behind something big and metal, hoping it deflects any bullets to come your way, and then if you see an opening in the exit, you make a run for it. That's reasonable. I also would tell you it's kind of reasonable for the cops to think, hey, this guy sees us, he's running from us, maybe he has something to do with what took place. Also reasonable. And while you may be bothered by the way in which they handcuff a potential suspect by putting their knee their knee in his back, he's six foot four, two hundred and seventy pounds. It's not like they can sit there and go, um, sir, could you please put your hands behind you so that we can just lightly put these handcuffs on. That's not the reality of how police officers are trained or how they should, in fact, do their job. They try and contain a situation, try and understand who the actual perpetrators are if a crime actually existed. And then once you figure out this guy's not a criminal, you let him go, which is what they said they did. But the NFL, the Seahawks, and most importantly, Michael Bennett, there is egg on his face once they release more tapes because they have them. Like, I'm not, uh, I, do I think that the union is always going to come out and defend their officers? Probably, just like the NFLPA uh, defends their players even when they do something wrong. That's what the NFL, that's what unions do. When the police department says, hey, we don't see anything having to do with racial profiling. We don't see it. We've reviewed the tapes. The department knows that's potential for a lawsuit if they are, in fact, lying or making it up or m- making misstatements. They understand the political climate, and they're willing to go out there and put their undersheriff out there and go like, hey, that didn't, didn't happen that way. We have video footage. It wasn't an eternity that he was detained for. It was 10 minutes. We have the timestamp on it. It might have felt like an eternity. It might have felt like he thought that he was uh, brutalized by police, but this is actually what happens when you're handcuffed. Sorry, not sorry. We're just doing our jobs. By the way, police officer is, in fact, the worst job you can ever have. It just is. I know there are benefits. I know there are post-career benefits. But, no, you know, like, God bless police officers, uh, the good ones especially. Um, it's the worst job. The second worst job, I believe, is the person who works in the baggage claim uh, office. Right, no one ever goes into the baggage claim office at an airport, what to just say, "Hey, man, thanks, man, doing a good job." Like no one says that. You only go in there if you have lost your luggage. It's the only time you go in there. And when you lost your, you lose your luggage, you're pissed, aren't you? And you're gonna blame the guy who or lady who's behind the counter, and they had nothing to do with it. They never seen, they never touched, they never even approached your bag. They don't know your name, they don't know your flight, they don't know anything about. Their whole job is to be a buffer between them and your anger towards the airline. And by the way, the airline didn't have anything to do with it. It was the baggage handlers or maybe something got misrouted, right? That's the second worst job. Worst job is police officer. Here's the thing. This is like the Ezekiel Elliott thing. I, like everybody who has any soul in America, is anti-domestic violence. But I 
don't actually, I think there's enough here to think that Ezekiel Elliott may not have done what he was accused of doing, right? So I can be anti-domestic violence, but say, I, I don't think you should suspend Ezekiel Elliott. I, I can be anti-police brutality and say, I don't think this is police brutality or racial profiling. Do you, do you understand that you can still be pro something, but think this doesn't actually fit what we're fighting against. And as we get ready for an NFL season where players are going to throw their support blindly behind Michael Bennett, Las Vegas Police Department, in addition to the unions, like, we got 120 cameras. It didn't go down that way. Either Michael Bennett wants attention or he doesn't know how this goes down. He's not being reasonable. He waited two weeks to make these accusations and make it look bad. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he happens to bring this negative attention to police where it doesn't actually exist. This is a bad look for everybody who threw support behind Bennett blindly. But that's what we do with social media. That's what we do. Twitter mob, social media mob, they're out. The Las Vegas Police Department, oh, bad, 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 bad. But Or they walked into a situation where they didn't know friend or foe. As I said yesterday, it's not like they're wearing jerseys. Oh, good guys wearing the red jerseys tonight. Bad guys wearing the white. They handcuffed a suspect who was running from them. And when they got the information they needed, they released him. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Here was the commissioner of the NFL on First Things First on Fox Sports One's answer. I'm not a football expert. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I have a role as commissioner also. But for me, I watch the games and enjoy it. And I let the football people make those decisions. And the reality is there's a lot, 32 different decisions, right? And multiple decisions within an organization. So there's always a dispute. And the idea of who can play and who can't play, who's best for our system and not best for our system, are decisions that should be made by those 32 teams. Right? He's like, oh, one, I don't want any part of it. Two, I'm not really a football expert, which, again, like, I understand that us on radio and us on TV who are not football experts can form an opinion, but, like, that's really not the job of the commissioner. And so he didn't answer while answering, but at least he answered with a non-answer. Do you understand the difference? Like, instead of saying, I don't want to talk about it, Instead of saying, that's not my role, he essentially said, I don't want to talk about that's not my role, but he did so in very eloquent fashion, right? Like there's a, I mean, at least he didn't go to like political talking points. Let me tell you about my plans for healthcare, right? Like at least he didn't go there. But I kind of thought it was the perfect answer. Like, hey, I'm a football fan. I'm a football guy. But whether or not he belongs on a team, like that's not really my not really what I do. There's 32 teams, and they make each individual decision. The Seahawks had him in there. They decided to pass. Why they decided to pass? He wanted to be a starter. What that translates into is starting money, is Russell Wilson didn't want him there, is they just didn't feel... Like, look, we played the sound... Did we play the sound for you, or was it only... Yeah, I played the sound for you last week, right? Derek Carr, what he said about Matt Schaub. Do you guys remember that? Did we play that, Ramos, or did I just play that in my head? I don't head? remember that. All right, I played it on Cowherd. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Okay. There's a cut 
uh, of what D- Derek Carr said a week ago at a press conference. And remember, Derek Carr, his rookie year, he wasn't drafted. He wasn't drafted in the first round. Okay? One draft in the first round. And Carr said that uh, when he was named the starter, he thought he was going to be traded. Like He's like, I thought I played pretty well. I, I thought, you know, Matt Schaub's the starter here. I, I thought I was going to be moved. That's what he honestly thought. They called him in and said, you're the new starting quarterback. You're the new starting quarterback. And he said he walked into the quarterback room and Matt Schaub blew him away with uh, this comment where he's like, look, I'm mad, I'm upset, but you know what? From this point forward, my job is to get you ready to be the best quarterback in the NFL. Because Kobe Bryant has always been an alpha. Always. And so to say like, hey, Kobe, we want you to facilitate. That ain't what Kobe does. There was no plan B for Kobe Bryant. And it's the same thing for Colin Kaepernick is when he was the backup in San Francisco, he was doing everything in his power to get ready to being a starter. I remember he was the second round draft pick and they wanted him to eventually to take Alex Smith's spot. He eventually did take Alex Smith's spot. That was a different role than the one they would have him in if he was in Seattle. Seattle didn't work. Baltimore didn't work. We now know why Ray Lewis told us why on Inside the NFL. Miami wouldn't work. One reason, Gase, of course, had a relationship with Cutler. And I'm sure part of part of the issue was the city didn't exactly want to throw their arms around a dude who wore a Fidel Castro shirt. And that's where Roger does not wrong. 32 teams had 32 different decisions. Minnesota Vikings, is he better than Sam Bradford? I think the answer is no. Could he be a backup there? Yeah, potentially Sam Bradford always gets hurt, but they got Teddy Bridgewater, who's still not ready, but they can't they can't kick away their investment in Teddy Bridgewater getting back and make Sam Bradford uneasy considering he's coming off a year, which he surprised people with the highest completion percentage in the history of the National Football League. Are they going to put him in Philadelphia? Why? He's never going to play ahead of Carson Wentz. And what you want in Philadelphia is a veteran quarterback who, like Matt Schaub, when Derek Carr was the starter, would do everything in his power to get him ready to be better. So it might not be the answer that you wanted to hear from Roger Goodell. But I think it was the perfect answer. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Who better to help us kick it off than Peter King? MMQB is, of course, the website you have to go to. It's got outstanding stuff, and he does the tour of all the camps. He knows so much about the game that we just want to learn. He's kind enough to join us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Peter, thanks so much for being a part of the show. There is a presumption from so many that it's the Patriots and everybody else in the AFC. Do you see it that way? Um, Well, Doug, good to be with you, too. I I think that there's a chance that that could be it, and it's certainly the odds are that that's going to be it. But the reason why I really don't believe it is for a couple of reasons. I mean, as Bill Polian said early in the offseason, you know, Patriots are not untouchable. They uh, they just finished a an off season. Uh, you know, there's a lot is up in the air with them. 
Uh, they just placed Malcolm Mitchell on IR today. Uh, so their receiving group is going to be different. And, you know, they really had to scrap and claw and come back from a huge deficit to to win the Super Bowl. So, I, you know, again, I do think they're the best team in the AFC, but I absolutely don't think they're untouchable. I would, I tend to agree with you. Malcolm Mitchell also out first eight weeks. Uh, so no Malcolm Mitchell and no uh, Julian Edelman. Uh, they did make the, the trade to get Philip Dorsett. We'll see how much we see him tonight. On the other side tonight, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs, and everybody's raving about the arm talent of Pat Mahomes, and the Chiefs are like, look, relax. It's Alex Smith is the guy. Do you believe that, that that's, the, that's exactly how it'll fall, or do you think there's ultimately a place to which they say, hey, Alex Smith's got that ceiling, and Mahomes can win us a game in the postseason with his arm talent? You know, I think it's all dependent on on Alex Smith's play. Um, I think that the easiest thing is to say, as the Chiefs are, are saying, that Alex Smith is the quarterback this year, and then we'll see what happens next year. But I think it's silly to make any pronouncements on September 7th about what's going to happen at quarterback for a team that spent two number one draft choices to draft a quarterback of the long-term future. Um, you know, to, to, to automatically assume he's not going to play at some point this year. I think Alex Smith has that decision in his hands. He needs to play well. He needs to limit his mistakes. He needs to win some of the games that in the past they haven't won. Tonight would be one of them. Um, one of the things about this game that I find really, really interesting is that I'd say of all the teams the Patriots have had defending Super Bowls, uh, defending championships, rather. Uh, this is the one where it seems to me you want to get them early in the year because, you know, with uh, Philip Dorsett and Brandon Cooks out wide, with Dwayne Allen spelling uh, Rob Gronkowski a lot, with Rex Burkhead, with Mike Gillisley, they got five huge elements in their passing game uh, and running game who weren't there a year ago. And in the case of Philip Dorsett, who weren't there a week ago, you know, so um, there's a lot of adjustment that the Patriots are going to have to make on the fly. I just think it's going to be really interesting to watch how long it takes Tom Brady. You know, uh, Tom Brady told me early in this off season when I asked him, it's amazing your chemistry with uh, Malcolm Mitchell and Chris Hogan. And he said to me, hey, 111 practices. So, you know, it's going to take a while to them uh, to get them you know, all on the same page. It's just not going to happen in the first game of the year. But then they have this weird schedule, Peter, where out of the bye, they go to Denver, to Oakland, Miami at home, to Buffalo, to Miami, to Pittsburgh, like five of six on the road, culminating uh, in the in, in the Pittsburgh game, which I'm I'm sure will be flexed. But, I mean, I can almost feel like that one's going to be flexed. I can almost already call it being flexed. Um, that's So you're, they should be better in the second half of the season if they get if they're healthier but their schedule is prohibitively more difficult because of the five out of six on the road in the second half of the season. Well, it is, but uh, I mean, I've always thought this about the Patriots that home and road, um, they went through about a 10 year period where their offense was almost exactly the same at home as it was on the road. I, I don't think I'm not saying that they're impervious and they'd rather play on the road than playing at home. But of, uh, I think that's becoming less and less a factor as years go on in the NFL, just because I think teams are so 
well-suited to travel now other than to travel in in bad weather. And, you know, for the Patriots, that doesn't matter because they're used to playing in bad weather. That's the voice of Peter King, MMQB. The MMQB is, of course, the website, and uh, he joins us care of the good folks at SeatGeek.com. Enter the promo code KING for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, SeatGeek.com. The promo code is KING if you want 20 bucks off your first purchase. Peter King joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, let's move to the NFC. Start with the Cowboys. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is going to play Sunday night against the Giants. Instead of getting into the Zeke and and ultimately what what plays out here, just look, the Giants are the one team that figured out the Cowboys last year. Feels like the Giants think they're better than last year. And the Cowboys, super talented, but different than last year. What are your thoughts on the game? Forget about the, the Zeke stuff. Well, I think the one thing about the Cowboys is that Rod Marinelli had to use scotch tape and bailing wire last year to put together a good defense, a good enough defense. And he's got even a bigger job to do. His secondary is extremely young. They don't have a legitimate pass rush threat. Uh, So he's going to have to invent that, just like he did last year. I think the other thing that would be slightly concerning uh, is that, you know, they they all of a sudden now have to get uh, three – uh, running backs right now ready to play for this season. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Darren McFadden, Alfred Morris, because they're all going to have to play significant roles. My big problem right now with Dallas is that, you know, to me, in my opinion, when you look at, when you look at the, uh, the defense that they have against the Giants coming up, I mean, the Giants have a huge edge on defense right now coming into this game. So I think, I think this is going to, this is not going to only going to have to be an Ezekiel Elliott game, but Dak Prescott is going to have to make four or five very, very big plays in this game for Dallas to win. What about, what about uh, Dak Prescott, Peter? What are people in the NFL saying uh, about the likelihood he has sustained success this year? Uh, it's his job. It's funny. Go it's ahead. funny, but you, you, when you, when the name Dak Prescott comes up, one of the reasons they think that he's unlikely to suffer the proverbial sophomore slump is because he is he is a total flatline person, and he hasn't been really affected by, you know, his incredible first season. He's got a little Russell Wilson in him. He just goes to work and does his job and, uh, you know, and plays well and, and then is driven to try to play better. So I think most people think that he's going to come in and have a, a very good year. You know, obviously the question becomes for six weeks, is Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris, um, you know, are they going to be able to carry the mail as much as Jason Garrett is hoping they will? I think that's going to be a key thing. But, you know, I also think that, that, you know, this is also going to be, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, if you drafted Cole Beasley in your fantasy league, those six weeks, I'd play him every one of those. Because I think that that what what Jason Garrett, what Scott Linehan really want to do is <clears throat> when Ezekiel Elliott goes away, they want to use more of a controlled passing game, more of a slot passing game maybe than they normally would. So I think Jason Witten, Cole Beasley could really get heavy use in weeks two through six for the Cowboys or two through seven. Um, the, uh, the, arguably the, the most competitive game and compelling game this weekend is 
Uh, the Packers welcome in the Seahawks. Seahawks seem to be loaded for bear. And the Packers finally, Ted Thompson finally went out and spent some money. You, you mentioned uh, Scott Linehan and what he had to do with duct tape. Same thing had to be done for the uh, defensive backfield of the Green Bay Packers. Did they add the right pieces to help Aaron Rodgers? Well, obviously time will tell, but the one thing about <clears throat> the one thing about this team right now that I think is really, really interesting is I don't know how you're blocking their front their front four, five, six. I mean, you know, imagine you get Frank Clark coming off the bench. He's starting for twenty nine teams in the NFL. Um and and you know, with the addition of Sheldon Richardson you know, I, I I look at Sheldon Richardson as one of these guys, one of these classic players who's been on a bad team for a while, and all of a sudden America is going to get to know who he is. I think he's got a chance to be the best three-technique tackle in football this year. A chance. Now, he's going to have to do it, but he's going to have the support around him and behind him. It isn't just... You know, the fact you got Michael Bennett on one side, Cliff Averill on another side. But, I mean, you got Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright behind you. I mean, this guy is going to have a tremendous opportunity to make huge plays in that Seattle defense. I think that – because, look, Seattle's offense is not going to be intergalactic. It just – it isn't. It's not suited to be that. But their defense has a chance, has a chance to be as good as their great defenses of two and three years ago. Uh, look, uh, as a layman, I would agree, having watched them in the preseason, seeing the additions, I can't wait for it to get started tonight. And, of course, love going to your site on a daily and sometimes uh, two or three times a day basis. It's the MMQB. And, by the way, go to SeatGeek.com. The promo code is KING. Uh, Peter King, uh, because he joined us, you're going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Peter, love your work. Uh, enjoy having you on, and thanks so much. Enjoy the football season. All the best to you, Doug. Have a great weekend. You too. Peter King joining us. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in the uh, one of the newest members of the Fox Sports College football team. Mark Helfrich joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, look, I want to get to the game, but I want to ask you personally, that was your first official game to call for Fox Sports uh, having come off, been on the sidelines for years and or have been in a box calling plays for years, what was that experience like watching a game and watching two teams in Texas get down early on those special teams blunders, nearly come back and win the game? What was the experience like as a former head coach to call your first game? <laughs> well, uh, all over the map, as you can imagine, you know, trying to try not to screw up, trying to trying to get in and get out when I have something to say, but uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, Petros is, is awesome to work with Justin Kutcher and the rest of the, of the crew were, were great. Uh, it's weird at the end of the game to not have a, a final score, you know, yeah. so to speak, to kind of be judged by, but uh, it was very odd, very odd when you see, uh, you know, the Texas fans in the second quarter are, are uh, booing and restless and, you know, the end is near and, you're realizing that's the exact same field that Charlie Strong was carried off of a year, a year before at that exact time, and so uh, just a lot of that, a lot of the, you know, as it, as as you said, as a coach, you're sitting there thinking about okay, special teams, this, and all the huge plays, the the impact plays that happen in that game, or every coach's nightmare in that first game. Yeah, you know, it's 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 fascinating to me what you're going through because, like, I've kind of lived the opposite, right? Like where I always wanted to mm-hmm. coach. And you almost like want to be in that losing locker room at halftime to make some adjustments to do some things. Exactly. And and I've also wondered, you know, guys who comes from when, when Urban Meyer left Florida and he went to the booth, I thought, 
Well, if Urban Meyer thinks he's not going to come back and coach, he's wrong because it's different to be in the energy of a stadium as opposed to being in a studio where there isn't. You kind of have to generate that energy. Well, we've got Petros. Petros is the, the Energizer Bunny. So, that, but that still, like the people home. around the, you know, yeah. the, the the fans, yeah. the football, you're going meeting with the coaches, watching yeah. tape, uh, smelling the grass or whatever. Um, that might does it make you want to get back on the sideline more, or do you uh, do you do you like the idea of Xing and Oing where there's no ramifications of it? <laughs> I can certainly see it from all those angles. I, you know, afterward, it was a weird, that was a word. That's the first time in 21 years where you don't, there's no, no winner, no loser. How do we do? How do we do? I thought we did great, but I have no idea. Right. right, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yes, absolutely. At halftime, you're sitting there. Okay. Hey, they need to do it. And you have all the answers, right? It's, It's easy, but coming out, you know, it reminded me, I remember the first time I was, I was on the field early in my career and I was in the booth for a long, the vast majority of it. I remember coming down at halftime for the first time and guys are like bleeding and sweating. You're like, wait, Oh yeah, this is a, a real thing. But the, the biggest moment that, that kind of hit me of, okay, I missed this is just being around, you know, the, the, the guys, the team, the players, when you're, you know, meeting, obviously in that situation to meet with the Texas guys and kind of being around their practice and, and just whatever, seeing guys jack around or get dialed in or, or, you know, all their last minute preparation, just being in that, in that setting is, is it's unique. Mark Helfer is joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Uh, look, I don't, it's hard. Changing culture is hard. And Charlie was trying to change culture there. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know if he, I, I know he didn't have the time and I'm not sure he had the support to ever do it, even if it it wouldn't have gotten done right. anyway, I, I I just I don't ever thought think people were completely bought in on what he was trying to. He was such a he was so different than what he followed. It was really really hard. So like, look, you you give Herman a bit of a pass in terms of changing culture. Where, where I would say Tom Herman, I was disappointed. He's seen as a master play caller, right? And they got down that red zone, and I didn't love the dinking and dunking and not taking shots in the end zone, some of the things that they were doing. Am I wrong to to criticize Tom Herman in his first game in Texas? Not for the win and loss, not for the culture right. stuff, no, hear, but more you. for yeah, the play fair. calling. That's it's fair. I mean, any, anytime something doesn't work, you're gonna it's gonna get get you know dissected. But I think the biggest red flag, and maybe maybe that's what they were thinking, is hey, we we can't do this, so we need to, in your words, dink and dunk. But there weren't a lot of or any just I'm Texas, you're not. Let's run the football productive plays and and maryland got after them up front with a three-man rush a four-man but, but, rush. but is that is that a product uh, of of well, his offense or is that a product of his personnel that's what i don't know you know when you're not on the inside i don't know what 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 it looked like the other day was maryland played you know harder better longer up front than texas did on both sides of the ball. And so that, that again, is that a byproduct of, of where they were? It doesn't matter. It's his team right now. And I know he's taking some, some flack for that. And, and you have to solve those problems, uh, you know, on the third down and the fourth down play when they kind of ran the little arrow routes with, with sometimes guys blocking and sometimes not in the end zone. Uh, you know, those, those, I'm sure they're sitting in their film room right now going, Oh crap, we should have pounded it one more time or ran one of the wildcat plays one more time or, you know, giving it to, to the 250-pound tailback one more time. But that's that's a part of it. What do you make of Urban saying, Urban Meyer saying he's driven insane by Tom Herman's comments? <laughs> I, mean, or like, I thought like that that's, was interesting. Right? Yeah. That's his former – like, you know how – yeah. for people who don't understand, like, Tom Herman was his offense coordinator. They won the national championship. He goes to Houston. 
And, and like, look, there's a certain lore that follows him because he did such a good job with different quarterbacks during that national right. championship year. But, but that's his guy. That's his football family to say that really interesting, right? Those are two extremely, extremely proud men. Let's put it that way. Two extremely competitive guys. And, and, uh, you know, I know urban took some, took some heat when he left Florida and the circumstances of that. And so it's all that, all that stuff bottled into a bunch of, uh, first game stuff. Mark Alfred's joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Um, you've, you, you've been a part of the Mariota experience, right? Where you had a guy who everyone knew was a, not just a stud at the college level when he won the Heisman Trophy, but also was going to be a really good quarterback in the National Football League, and he seems to be living up to that. Uh, late Sunday night, we saw uh, we saw another good one in Josh Rosen. You've also seen Sam Darnold. Take me through Rosen and your sense of how much of that is real and how much of that was just a moment and some luck because there were they had the they had the uh, what delay a game which is on him. Right. They had the false right. start where everybody wasn't set up, which is on him. They had some throws that could have been picked off, which in some level is on him. Like, what's your sense of Rosen and bouncing out against Mariota, who you coached? Well, there, there's no comparison in my world of, of uh, you know, and that it has way more to do with off the field and, than, than on the field with, with Marcus versus Josh Rosen. I think the best thing about Josh Rosen from, you know, last season to right now is we haven't heard very much about him from him. You know, so hopefully that means back to work and just rededicate himself to to getting it done on the field and taking care of everything he needs to do off the field because there was a lot more, you know, style and fluff than than, than substance than wins uh, in, in his case because there's a ton of talent on that team. Um, Sam Darnold is fantastic. Uh, you know, we had him in camp when I was at Oregon and, and the second I met the guy, you know, it was one of those things of like this guy's going to SC. Why? Why we've wasted our time and 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 I mean that in a good way. I don't. I don't mean that. Right. Right. His grandpa. His grandpa way. went. His grandpa went there. Yeah. Right. He's and a, you start to talk, you start to talk to him, but he was he was like playing with a video game. You know, you could tell him, hey, I want you to roll out this way, and you know, it's like maybe like Tiger Woods in his heyday of aim for the right corner of that you know chair or whatever it is, and and he would just kill it. Uh, I can't wait to see you know his. his progression this fall you know everybody's making a big deal out of their first game and not scoring 90 you know 90 winning 90 to nothing I think you know I think they did what they had to do in that game uh but those guys you know those guys obviously need to do it for a little bit longer before they're anywhere near that that uh category Mark Helfers joins us to be on the call Minnesota at Oregon State so now you realize you have to say nice things about Oregon State now um, I know it's all—it's an all Gottlieb Saturday. Yeah, it is. It is uh, all Gottlieb Saturday. My brother's an assistant coach. Coach Helfer says that at Oregon State in the men's basketball side. Um, PJ Flex, the head coach of Minnesota, he's got like a reality show right on on ESPN. Uh, he's got he had he brought the row the boat thing with him from Western right. Michigan. And I had a buddy who who's in who's in the industry who texted me. He's like PJ Fleck, real thing. Or is it all a facade? And I was like, well, they're always the real thing until they're not, right? That's just like, it's like exactly right. Yeah. Okay, so as a young guy, and you know, like, uh, all you know, you have to you, you get known as a young guy, kind of coming up. What's your sense of Fleck and how real the image that he's created actually is? <laughs> I think um, I think he certainly believes it. You know, he certainly believes in, in what he's saying. And, and it, it seems sincere around the program, you know, having talked to a bunch of their guys, weak assistants, players, uh, it's not just, 
you know, it's not just something on a wall or something you put on a jersey or, or whatever, uh, and it has been effective to this point. You know, if, whether that works in the Big Ten or not long term, uh, nobody knows that. But they, they uh, you know, t- he took over a team that was, you know, won nine games. These guys aren't, you know, it's not rebuilding mode. Uh, they obviously had some issues last year few guys which sounds like that was much needed um but yeah i think he's he's a guy that that again he believes 100 percent what he's doing and it has been extremely successful at this point well, well it's gonna be and hey, listen you know now you're in big boy football right and you're at minnesota it's not like you're lining up at michigan playing against minnesota you're lining up at minnesota and at some point in his career he's gonna have penn state michigan ohio state nebraska right. iowa yep. all on the and wisconsin all on the schedule in the same year then we'll see how much it, what, what it's really like to be pj fleck but uh i i can't wait to hear the call I, i'll just tell you as a guy who's done what you're doing Three-man booth is hard. I thought you guys were really, really good together. I learned a lot, and I didn't feel like I was being lectured, which is ultimately your job. You guys told me why. It was re- it was a really good team. I look forward to, to uh, seeing the call Saturday night. All right, Doug. Appreciate you having us. And, yeah, those, those are great, great guys to work with. Uh, that'll be good. That's Mark Helfrich, uh, newest Fox Sports 1 analyst, Justin Kutcher, Petros Papadakis. We'll join him, Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, taking on Oregon State. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in the uh, one of the newest members of the Fox Sports college football team. Mark Helfrich joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, look, I want to get to the game, but I want to ask you personally, that was your first official game to call for Fox Sports. Uh, having come off, been on the sidelines for years and or have been in a box calling plays for years, what was that experience like watching a game and watching two teams in Texas get down early on those special teams blunders, nearly come back and win the game? What was the experience like as a former head coach to call your first game? <laughs> well, uh, all over the map, as you can imagine, you know, trying to try not to screw up, trying to trying to get in and get out when I have something to say, but uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, Petros is, is awesome to work with Justin Kutcher and the rest of the, of the crew were, were great. Uh, it's weird at the end of the game to not have a, a final score, you know, yeah. so to speak, to kind of be judged by, but uh, it was very odd, very odd when you see, uh, you know, the Texas fans in the second quarter are, are, uh, booing and restless and you know the end is near and you're realizing that's the exact same field that charlie strong was carried off of a year year before at that exact time and so uh just a lot of that a lot of the you know as it as as you said as a coach you're sitting there thinking about okay special teams this and all the huge plays the the impact plays that happen in that game are every coach's nightmare in that first game yeah you know it's 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 fascinating to me what you're going through because like i've kind of lived the opposite right like where i always wanted to Mm -hmm. coach and you almost like want to be in that losing locker room at halftime to make some adjustments to do some things. Exactly. And and I've also wondered, you know, guys who comes from when, when Urban Meyer left Florida and he went to the booth, I thought, well, if Urban Meyer thinks he's not going to come back and coach, he's wrong because it's different to be in the energy of a stadium as opposed to being in a studio where there isn't, you kind of have to generate that energy. Well, we've got Petros. Petros is the, the energizer bunny. So that, but that still like the people all. around the, you know, yeah. the, the, the fans, yeah. the football, you go going meeting with the coaches, watching yeah. tape, uh, smelling the grass or whatever um, that might, does it make you want to get back on the sideline more? Or do you, uh, do you, do you like the idea of Xing and Oing where there's no ramifications of it? <laughs> 
I can certainly see it from all those angles. I, you know, afterward, it was a weird, that was a word. That's the first time in 21 years where you don't, there's no you know, winner, no loser. How do we do? Board. How do we do? I thought we did great, but I have no idea. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, absolutely. At halftime, you're sitting there. Okay. Hey, they need to do it. And you have all the answers, right? It's, it's easy, but coming out, you know, it reminded me, I remember the first time I was, I was on the field early in my career and I was in the booth for a long, the vast majority of it. I remember coming down at halftime for the first time and guys are like bleeding and sweating. You're like, wait, Oh yeah, this is a, a real thing. But the, the biggest moment that, that kind of hit me of, okay, I missed this, is just being around, you know, the, the, the guys, the team, the players, when you're, you know, meeting, obviously in that situation, you meet with the Texas guys and kind of being around their practice and, and just whatever, seeing guys jack around or get dialed in or, or you know, all their last-minute preparation, just being in that, in that setting is, is it's unique. Mark Helfer is joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, look, I don't – it's hard. Changing culture is hard, and Charlie was trying to change culture there – and I, mm-hmm. I don't know if he I, I know he didn't have the time and I'm not sure he had the support to ever do it, even if it it wouldn't have gotten done right. anyway. I, I, I just I don't ever th- think people were completely bought in on what he was trying to do. He was such a he was so different than what he followed. It was really, really hard. So, like, look, you, you give Herman a bit of a pass in terms of changing culture where, where I would say Tom Herman, I was disappointed. He's seen as a master play caller, right? And they got down that red zone, and I didn't love the dinking and dunking and not taking shots in the end zone, some of the things that they were doing. Am I wrong to to criticize Tom Herman in his first game in Texas? Not for the win and loss, not for the culture right. stuff, no, hear, but more that. for the play That's calling. That's it's fair. I mean, any, anytime something doesn't work, you're gonna it's gonna get get you know dissected, but. I think the biggest red flag, and maybe maybe that's what they were thinking, is, hey, we, we can't do this, so we need to, in your words, dink and dunk. But there weren't a lot of or any just, I'm Texas, you're not, let's run the football, productive plays. And and Maryland got after them up front with a three-man rush, a four-man but, but, rush. But is that is that a product uh, of, of well, that, his offense, or is that a product of his personnel? That's what I don't know. You know, when you're not on the inside, I don't know. What 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 it looked like the other day was Maryland played, you know, harder, better, longer up front than Texas did on both sides of the ball. And so that, that again, is that a byproduct of, of where they were? It doesn't matter. It's his team right now, and I know he's taking some, some flack for that, and, and you have to solve those problems. Uh, you know, on the third down and the fourth down play when they kind of ran the little arrow routes with, with – Sometimes guys blocking and sometimes not in the end zone. Uh, you know, those, those, I'm sure they're sitting in their film room right now going, oh crap, we should have pounded it one more time or ran one of the Wildcat plays one more time or, you know, giving it to, to the 250 pound tailback one more time. But that's, that's a part of it. What do you make of Urban saying, Urban Meyer saying he's driven insane by Tom Herman's comments? <laughs> like, or like, I like that that's interesting. Yeah. Right? That's his yeah. former, like, you know how, the, yeah. for people who don't understand, like, Tom Herman was his offensive coordinator. They won the national championship. He goes to Houston, and and like, look, there's a certain lore that follows him because he did such a good job with different quarterbacks during that national right. championship year. But but that's his guy. That's his football family. To say that really interesting, right? Those are two extremely extremely proud men. Let's put it that way. Two extremely competitive guys, and and uh, you know, I know Urban took some took some heat when he left Florida and the circumstances of that. And so it's all that, all that stuff bottled into a bunch of uh, first game stuff. Mark Helfer is joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Um, you've, 
you, you've been a part of the Mariota experience, right? Where you had a guy who everyone knew was a, not just a stud at the college level when he won the Heisman Trophy, but also was going to be a really good quarterback in the National Football League, and he seems to be living up to that. Uh, late Sunday night, we saw uh, we saw another good one in Josh Rosen. You've also seen Sandar. Take me through Rosen and your sense of how much of that is real and how much of that was just a moment and some luck because there were they had the they had the uh, what delay a game which is on him. Right. They had the false right. start when everybody wasn't set up, which is on him. They had some throws that could have been picked off, which in some level is on him. Like, what's your sense of Rosen and bouncing out against Mariota, who you coached? Well, there, there's no comparison in my world of, of uh, you know, and that it has way more to do with off the field and, than, than on the field with, with Marcus versus Josh Rosen. I think the best thing about Josh Rosen from, you know, last season to right now is we haven't heard very much about him from him. You know, so hopefully that means back to work and just rededicate himself to to getting it done on the field and taking care of everything he needs to do off the field because there was a lot more, you know, style and fluff than than, than substance than wins uh, in, in his case because there's a ton of talent on that team. Um, Sam Darnold is fantastic. Uh, you know, we had him in camp when I was at Oregon, and and the second I met the guy. You know, it was one of those things of like this guy's going to SC. Why? Why we've wasted our time and 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 I mean that in a good way. I don't. I don't mean that. Right. Right. His, grand, his grandpa. Went, his grandpa went there. Yeah. Right. He's and a, you start to talk, you start to talk to him, but he was he was like playing with a video game. You know, you could tell him, hey, I want you to roll out this way, and you know, it's like maybe like Tiger Woods in his heyday of aim for the right corner of that you know chair or whatever it is, and and he would just kill it. Uh, I can't wait to see you know his. his progression this fall you know everybody's making a big deal out of their first game and not scoring 90 to, you know 90 winning 90 to nothing I think you know I think they did what they had to do in that game uh but those guys you know those guys obviously need to do it for a little bit longer before they're anywhere near that that uh category Mark Helfers joins us he'll be on the call Minnesota at Oregon State so now you realize you have to say nice things about Oregon State now um, I know it's all, it's an all Gottlieb Saturday. Yeah, it is. It is all Gottlieb Saturday. My brother's an assistant coach. Is coach Helfer says at, at Oregon State in the men's basketball side. Um, PJ Flex, the head coach of Minnesota, he's got like a reality show right on on ESPN. Uh, he's got he had he brought the row the boat thing with him from Western right. Michigan. And I had a buddy who who's in who's in the industry who texted me. He's like PJ Fleck, real thing. Or is it all a facade? And I was like, well, they're always the real thing until they're not, right? That's just like, it's exactly. like right? Yeah. Okay, so as a young guy, and you know, like, uh, all, you know, you have to, you, you get known as a young guy kind of coming up. What's your sense of Fleck and how real the image that he's created actually is? <laughs> I think, um, I think he certainly believes it. You know, he certainly believes in what he's saying. And, and it, it seems sincere around the program, you know, having talked to a bunch of their guys, weak assistance players, uh, it's not just, you know, it's not just something on a wall or something you put on a jersey or, or whatever. Uh, and it has been effective to this point, you know, if, whether that works in the Big Ten or not long term, uh, nobody knows that. But they, they uh, you know, t- he took over a team that was, you know, won nine games. These guys aren't, you know, it's not rebuilding mode. Uh, they obviously had some issues last year few guys which sounds like that was much needed um but yeah i think he's he's a guy that that again he believes 100 percent what he's doing and it has been extremely successful at this point 
Well, well, it's going to be, and listen, you know, now you're in big boy football, right? And you're at Minnesota. It's not like you're lining up at Michigan playing against Minnesota. You're lining up at Mi- Minnesota. And at some point in his career, he's going to have Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska, right. Iowa, yeah. all on the, and Wisconsin all on the schedule in the same year. Then we'll see how much, it, what, what it's really like to be P.J. Fleck. But uh, I, I can't wait to hear the call. I, I'll just tell you, as a guy who's done what you're doing, Three-man booth is hard. I thought you guys are really, really good together. I learned a lot, and I didn't feel like I was being lectured, which is ultimately your job. You guys told me why. It was re- it was a really good team, and I look forward to, to uh, seeing the call Saturday night. All right, Doug. Appreciate you having us. And, yeah, those are great, great guys to work with. Uh, that'll be good. That's Mark Helfrich, uh, newest Fox Sports 1 analyst. Justin Kutcher, Petros Papadakis will join him. Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, taking on Oregon State. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.